Hello and welcome to Change How You're Animated, your twice-monthly dark humour podcast on how to reduce anxiety and stress. It'd be easy to make this into some long, drawn-out sob story, but that simply isn't what this podcast is about. It's about change, and while in the past I may have thought it best to just pile all my thoughts out onto paper, now I know to analyse them, to look at them under scrutiny, and see them for what they are. It's okay to admit when you're not okay. I know it sounds hard and it is challenging, but it's also worthwhile. There are so many different ways that you can look at a situation and the best way is to objectively look at what went wrong, what can be improved, and also to accentuate the positive aspects of an event. Let's begin with the unknown. I'm going to use a recent situation that I've learnt from and walk you through the steps I took that were far better for me than a time previously. Okay, so I was invited around to a friend's house for a small get-together, the kind that I haven't been invited to all that often. Given my recent upswing and a great enjoyable summer, I jumped at the opportunity. To provide some context, I had initiated some meetups throughout the summer in order not to lose the momentum of contact and socialising. As I know in the past, I have kept to myself frequently in the summer, which can get me out of the habit of being social, thus making me more anxious. I form this pinnacle in my head where everything relies on this one moment where everything has to go according to a plan. So instead of doing that, this time I objectively looked at the situation and saw what I could do. It was very important to me over the summer to be the one who made these arrangements, as it would then be something I couldn't back out of easily. This was just a couple of days out with friends, nothing major, nothing life-changing, nothing drastic. And there could have, and probably should have, been more. Many more. But I still took great joy out of the times we did meet up. Therefore, when the offer was returned and I received an invite to a friend's, I was really happy. I knew that all my hard work was beginning to pay off, and there was actual evidence that my friend wanted to hang out with me and not just the other way around. All these slight thoughts begin to occur. They're extremely irrational, and they need dealing with. The fact that I was believing that it could just be the other way around was harmful, but it was nice to get actual proof. If you don't mind, I'll create a short tangential point here to explain my thought process. I have a difficult time seeing achievements as equal to or greater than setbacks. I often find that I amplify the effects of a setback subconsciously and prioritise such an occurrence in my mind. This happens with friends as well. 
There is a constant stream of thoughts in the back of my mind full of doubt, and I have to manage this the best way I can. The most effective coping mechanism for such thoughts that I've found is to challenge them. These are small thoughts that if you allow to build up can cause real issues, and so it is important to approach each of them separately. To provide yourself with counter-evidence, whether this entails producing a physical account or lists to the contrary, then that's fine. But this can also be done in a contemplative state. These are thoughts you should not allow to linger, not let pass by, because you are aware they are untrue, and you have evidence to support your case. While it may sound trivial or repetitive to consistently tackle each thought as it arrives, it is crucial to understand that you are in control of thoughts like these, and you can reframe your situation and your thought process with facts. Returning to the main tale. I did not want to mess this up. I'd been invited somewhere. This was a big step for me. I've made great friends over the past year and ones that had clearly noticed my presence. However, I began to see this as more and more of a be-all and end-all, approve-yourself kind of moment. This pressure I placed on myself built up and was not healthy. I noticed this each time it occurred, and ensured to tackle each individual thought in the context it arose, challenging those thoughts I could, and accepting others reframing them in the best way I was able to reduce their impact. One method I used in particular was to list down each thought and notice any repetitions of fears under varying terminology. This meant I could stop the escalation and snowballing of thoughts in order to reduce my stress surrounding the event. Sure, to many this may have been a trivial event. After all, it is just one night out. But it isn't something I have grown used to, and certainly isn't something that has happened often since my diagnosis with anxiety. Therefore, I was unprepared. This wasn't some situation I had complete control over. And there was the option for me to just not turn up altogether. I certainly considered. However, I knew not to give in to these glimpses. I wanted to go. And I knew that I'd be able to if I set my mind to it. It was a real challenge to work through these negative thoughts that continued recurring, but using the aforementioned techniques was an excellent start towards managing my thoughts. Compartmentalizing them to understand that the fears you have aren't as bulky as you first assume is pivotal to understanding where your fears harbour from. When I arrived, it was still quite early, so there weren't too many people there at that point, which I was glad about, since I was able to then say hello to each person who arrived as opposed to turning up later and facing a larger group. I know I have a lot of interests in common and that I can hold conversation, but I find it more manageable if I am able to do so in stages, rather than not knowing where to begin. This allowed me to settle much faster than I usually do at social events, and soon I was locked into the conversation and momentum, 
all of a sudden, and I know that's such a cliched way to put it, but this really did occur out of the blue. My thoughts changed. I'd been there four hours at this stage, and had enjoyed every second of it. Then, I felt dizzy, disoriented, and distant. It's very difficult to put into words, but there was a visceral disconnect between myself and the great time I'd been having. I was experiencing everything without being present anymore. Things were just happening, and I began to shut down. Part of it was possibly exhaustion. I was already pretty drained just working myself up to getting there. And then interaction with people can take it out of me when I've built up a pressure on myself to socialise. The disconnect amplified with each second and I found myself unable to function. Unable to focus in on the conversations happening. Everything was moving, but it all felt so fast and blurry, so distant and out of reach, that I couldn't pull myself back down into it. This dissociation was unnerving. I rose into an elevated state of panic. There was little I could do to drag myself from it. I tried slowing my breathing. In through my nose, out through my mouth. But this struggled to relax me. The thoughts spiralled out of control, clumping on mass until my chest tightened. My heart raced, and I was done. I could not shake the sickly feeling that had overwhelmed me in that moment. And I had to leave. I was a mess, feeling irreparable. What could I say? What could I do but fall further? I had to get out, change my scenery. My mind was drowning in thoughts and every attempt at distraction felt weak in the face of my newfound adversity. I wanted to work through it to battle until the thoughts were no more. But they continued to cluster, to gather into some unidentifiable monstrosity out of my reach. I was engulfed. The waxing and waning of my ambient mood had turned turbulent, and the dizziness born from the turmoil left me weak. As I left, I knew I'd failed. I'd run from fear again. In fight or flight, I'd soared. It didn't help me in the moment. But given time, perspective becomes a virtue. Once home, I was in a state of escalated irrational fear. I snowballed all my thoughts until they were my largest problem ever to face. My actions in that moment became the end of the world. This setback was like no other. I saw this as the final act, the resolution that left me back where I started. A cyclical story of trying to drag myself from fear only to be returned with arms. I wanted desperately to feel normal again, to calm myself. I'd grown into this state, and I could shrink back down from it. I could build myself back from this. I didn't have to allow myself to be consumed by fear perpetually. Because it wasn't the end of the world. This wasn't the be-all, end-all moment. Because there isn't such a thing. And once I grasped that in my mind, I understood what I needed to do. Applying perspective to this event really helped. 
I reached out to my friends, explained in the best way I knew how what had happened, and removed the first fear from my chest. The idea of leaving the explanation to build and be responsible for healing all wounds would have been destructive. I'd have imagined the words, skirted the issue until it grew bigger than the initial event. In this way, everything would grow to be cataclysmic. So nipping this in the bud, I dived in headfirst. The texts I sent were within the hour, and they mattered more to me than they probably would to anyone receiving them. But I had to make that first step. I could not allow myself to wallow in this setback. I had to take action, and take action immediately. I had let my thoughts win, but I had to minimise the victory. Explanations and excuses tie you to the past. They become more elaborate and consequential the longer you let them gestate. To fully embrace living in the moment, you have to move on. And to move on, you have to hand in your explanations immediately. Not worry about finding the right words, or being the best version of you that you can sell. You just have to be honest. And to repair wounds, you have to have the remorse that allows you to move on. Living in the moment means forgiveness without regret. From others, but most importantly from yourself. You have to learn to leave events in the past. You can't alter them. Only learn from what occurred. Force yourself into a better future. One with the lessons of your past secured firmly in your new decisions. And relief swept over me in that moment. I'd succeeded. I'd pushed the fear back just a little, started to open that door again. It's easy to postpone events or conversations that aren't entirely necessary, but just that one step forward is enough. When you fall, you have to pick yourself back up. No one will be there with the solution to your problem. There'll of course be advice. There'll be helpful hints from those in similar situations, but this is your problem, not theirs, and their help can only stretch so far. After a certain point, you have to be responsible for making the changes yourself. You have to see where the problems may arise, and then go from there. As an example, the other week I fell off a treadmill. Sure. This is a physical event as opposed to a mental setback, but being flung to the floor hurt. Instead of being hurt though, I saw the thoughts. I saw my legs sandpapered from the running belt, and I laughed. It was the shock, sure. It was painful, definitely. But it was funny. Somehow, I'd been able to see through the layers of pain. To the thought that could have sent me spiralling, the thoughts that would have told me that I wasn't suited to the gym, that I should just give up. Rather than letting those thoughts win, I took control. I laughed, picked myself up, and washed off the dirt. I returned to the fitness suite and continued my workout with friends, knees healing in the open air. Maybe I was in pain, but I didn't notice from that point. I left those aspects to happen without me. 
I focused on the positive aspects of my time there, and let my pain be my responsibility. I didn't need looking after, I didn't require sympathy. I was myself. I'd made an error, and I'd moved on from it, straight away. I learnt from my mistake. No matter how stupid the mistake, no matter how hilarious it had looked from afar, how embarrassing it should have maybe been for me, none of that mattered, because I'd laughed. The next day, I wore my stains on the outside, taking advice from You're the Worst, an excellent sitcom currently in its third season. Maybe I wasn't using the phrase quite as intended, but it worked for me nonetheless. I let my scars breathe, left them to feel the sun, and I was able to make fun of myself for what had happened. I no longer had to hide out of embarrassment. I could embrace my quirks and eclectic nature, no matter how ridiculous, because it was funny how I'd fallen off a treadmill. I couldn't let this or anything else be a setback. That wasn't who I was. If I could endure the bleeding through a workout, I could endure the scars of my incompetence. And maybe it is truly unconventional, but it was successful, and I was happy, and in no way afraid to return to the gym, because all the responsibility was on me. I had accepted that, and moved on. I'd learnt my lesson, I'd felt the consequences, but none of that mattered now. What had happened, had happened, and there was nothing I could do to change that. So there I was, embracing the hilarity of my misstep. Move on from the past, and it leaves you behind. You no longer have regrets, just stories of different kinds. Maybe there is tragedy, stuff you cannot handle or do not want to, which is understandable. But everything else, everything that you can take responsibility for, you should. Never blame your tools, your equipment or your situation. All those things can change. And the way they change is through you taking action. Go out, take action, and laugh at the thought of me falling from the treadmill. Thank you for listening to this, the fourth episode of Change How You're Animated. I apologise for there only being one episode at the very end of September, but do not fear, the twice monthly schedule will resume in October. Stay positive everyone, and feel free to share, follow the blog, or on Facebook, or even just join in the conversation. I'm Martin, I will always be Martin, and that is all that I need to be happy. Thanks.